Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed Word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. He came with his wife and then he said, I forget what he called, I think um, he was called Bishop Joel. Bishop, these books, me and my wife, we have decided to eat them. <laughs> we have decided to eat them. Hallelujah. <laughs> this is the attitude we need to have. We need to actually eat the books. Amen. To eat something means that there is a process. You chew it, you swallow it, and it becomes part of you. Hallelujah. And so, that's what we are going to do. Um, I don't know how many weeks as the Lord allows us, but sometimes great things are hidden in not so great packets. And one of the things you will see occurring over and over again in the parable that Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God is that you will discover that the kingdom of God is often represented by a treasure. Hallelujah. A treasure. And the thing about a treasure is that a treasure is very expensive. And because it is expensive, it is not open for everybody to get it. Hallelujah. I mean, you wouldn't find gold lying on the surface of the earth. If it was lying there, everybody would, would grab it. Hallelujah. And that is why often, you know, in economics, they call something arbitrage. If there is opportunity for profit in, in something, if you have open markets, before you know it, Dr. Nick, the information will spread, and before you know it, it's like, it, 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 the, 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 the situation dissipates or disappears very soon. So if somebody is promising you something that is too good to be true, that, oh, all you need to do is do A, B, C, and D, you're going to be a millionaire. You need to think twice about it. Amen. Because everybody, because if it was like that, it would have already been gone. And so treasure is often hidden. That's the idea I want to say that. Treasure is hidden. And the hiddenness of treasures makes sure that only the ones who are actually serious in looking for treasure will find it. I don't know whether you have seen um, the, uh, the, the, the Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, Indiana Jones. If you've seen any of the movies. You know, some of the one of the treasures people were looking for was the Ark of the Covenant, which nobody knows what happened to it after the temple was destroyed in 70 AD. Is that not so? The, the Ark of the Covenant was a, a, a carrier of God. It, it's like where God dwells. But after the Romans came to destroy it in 70 AD, nobody knows where it is. So now there is a race for people to find where the Ark is. As we speak, people are still speculating. The Ethiopians say they have it right? Some say it is hidden in Mount Ararat. I mean, if you can prove that you have the ark, you will be, I mean, I don't know what's the highest, billionaire, beyond billionaire is what? <laughs> Are you there? But up to now, it is hidden. Amen. 
It's one of the mysteries. And in, that, in those, in those uh, series of uh, movies, you know, the quest to find the ark, people's, people's, people's heads were being chopped off. I mean, it, there is a price. There is a price to get treasure. Hallelujah. And sometimes the treasure is hidden in something that doesn't look attractive. And because of that, people shy away from it. So, so when we speak of power, when we speak of power, people are looking for power. People are looking for influence. You know, like somebody met a, a church member at the African market and asked them, your, your, your pastor, is he powerful? Amen. <laughs> are you there? So, so, so then our notion of power is so off from the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. You think about it. If you are God Almighty and you have sent your son to come and teach mankind how to live and, you know, they are coming for him. I mean, I think it comes at a point that if, if you are Christ and you know who you are, it's not like, it's not like you don't know who you are. You, you, you know, he told Pilate, Pilate asked him a question. You know, you're, you're, I'm talking to you and you won't, listen, you won't answer me. He said, is it not your own people who brought you before me? Don't you know I have power to, to set you free and I have power to have you crucified? And Jesus said, the only reason why you have such power is because it has been given to you from above. Amen. He said that if, if my kingdom was, he said my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom was of this world, then my servants will fight. And in the garden, when we were coming to arrest him, Peter took his sword and cut somebody's ear. Jesus, Jesus told Peter, put your sword in his seat. He said that, don't you know that I can ask my father to release 12 legions of angels? Hallelujah. But here is the king of kings and the lord of lords. His power was hidden in a normal, ordinary human being walking around. Hallelujah. So you see, true power is contained and is released only when it needs to be released. And so one of the main things that is like a placeholder or one of the main things that is like a, 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 a shell or a container of power and a container of treasure, a container of God, so to speak, is humility. It is one of the traits of the kingdom of God. But people in the world don't like to hear about humility. Amen. Because the one who is called the God of this world, small g-o-d, Lucifer. Because in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, I believe. Can you project that? 2 Corinthians 4 and 4. He is called the God of this world, small g-o-d. He is called the God of this world. And why? Because he, he influences people. He influences a God is like a ruler. One that people answer to. Hallelujah. The one that calls the shot that people cannot deny. And, and, and the, the, the extent to which you yield yourself to him, then he becomes your God. And he's called the God of this world because the majority of the world are after him. Hallelujah. He says that in the, the world, this verse describes the world. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So there's a blindedness, hallelujah, that, that is, has happened to the world. And, and this guy, we are going to read about him, I believe in Isaiah 14, we are going to read about him very briefly. His mode of operation, the way, that the one word that can describe him is the word pride. Hallelujah. The whole, the whole idea of him Rising up against God. Amen. Rising up against his own creator. 
you see, it is a pride came to him. And, 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 and then he forgot that he was created. That is the sad aspect. He forgot that there was a place, there was a time when he was not. Everybody sitting here has a date of birth. Amen. I mean, if you don't know your date of birth, then perhaps, I mean, if you cannot prove that you were born on a particular day, especially those of us here, we are young enough to have birth certificates. In certain times, a, a, a long time ago, because I remember my grandmother, you know, all she, she could tell us that she was born around the Yaasantua war. Amen. So, you know, you can place it around 1901. Do you get it? When the British, you know, finally entered, you know, the Ashanti uh, inside and then they, they fought because the, the other coastal lands has yielded and then, you know, Ashanti stood them for a long time. But, you know, all of us have a date of birth. Why am I saying that? Because there's a point in time when you appeared on this earth. Hallelujah. And, and so if you were to count, you know, I hear in, um, what do you call Korea? If you ask somebody's, uh, this is, if you ask somebody's age, you have to subtract nine months from it. Because they count, if, if, if somebody, if somebody says they are 20, they actually, they count from the time that they were conceived. You get that's when they, they start counting it. Hallelujah. I don't know why. Here, everybody's everybody trying to reduce their age. There, they are adding to it. But the point I'm making is that if you know and remember that there was a point in time when you were not, I mean, if you were born on what? 4 February 1968. Do you get it? All right, okay. Even if we go the Korean way, okay? Why don't I make it easy for myself? Because now I have to count nine months back. Okay, now I have to use an, a different date. If you are born what? <laughs> September. <laughs> if you are born September 4th, because I mean, uh, MS Eugene, I, I, I think I have to reserve my brains for the preaching, not to do math right now. So, <laughs> so you were born on September 4th, what? 1968. If we go back nine months before, okay, which is December what? Let's say December 10th. At that point, you did not exist. Is that true? You did not exist. You only, if we can say, you only exist in the mind of God. That God knew of you. The Bible says you have been called in Christ before the foundation of God. But as far as the physical matter that became a fetus in your mother's womb, you did not exist. So that is something Satan forgot. That there was a point in time he did not exist. But you see, the highest level of pride, okay, is when you don't remember the one who made you. Do you get it? Let's go to Isaiah and find something. Because as we are talking about um, uh, humility, you know, the, 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 the subject, you know, the, the, the subtopic which we are preaching is seven reasons why, okay, seven reasons why you should humble yourself. Seven reasons why you should humble yourself. So let's go to Isaiah and chapter, chapter 14. I'll tell you the verse in a moment. Isaiah 14 and um, verse number 11. Isaiah chapter 14, verse number 11. See, we are learning about humility, but in every situation, you are going to find something that is presented as an alternative. Amen. Some things are presented as an alternative. You know, people who have, how, how many here are, um, 
what do you call it? Uh, I mean, all of us have taken multiple choice uh, uh, tests before. Do you get it? And, and the um, comprehension passages, sometimes, they'll give you a passage, and then they, there are questions to answer, comprehension passage. Some of the answers that they have given have no bearing to the story. But it is meant to what? Dissuade you or distract you. So in life, one of the things you, you should pray, that's why wisdom is one of the things we should pray for all the time. Because the, the ability to decipher, the ability to choose, the ability to know which one is a trick and which one is not. I mean, if you go to a buffet place, do you get it? I mean, just because you are hungry doesn't mean you should grab everything. One of the things I suspect a lot I don't want to touch is wet, uh, uh, what you call salad, in a buffet place. It looks very nice, but if you don't take care, you'll be visiting the restroom too often soon afterwards. You don't just go for something just because it's available. Hallelujah. You are going to have to make choices in life. And the choices you make, if they are guided by the Spirit of God, you will always be making the right choice. We are studying about humility, but we are starting with pride because it's the opposite of humility. And the one who started this whole campaign against God and descended into the garden and dissuaded man to, to become a rebel, to become a rebel. One of the things that proud people do is that they always rebel. Rebel, rebels are often driven by pride. Hallelujah. We know go sit down and make them cheaters every day. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like all of a sudden you begin to see your importance. Look at that. Your pump is what? Brought down to the grave. The noise of thy vows. The worm is spread under thee and the worms cover thee. This is, this is a picture of what? Judgment. It's a picture of someone who has been stopped. Someone who was got the word pump. What's another word for the word pump? If we were to look at your might and power are gone. Do you get it? Somebody who was holding himself out as something is taken from him. Go to the next verse in the um, uh, uh, in, in the original um, translation that you had. How are thou falling from heaven? Oh, Lucifer. This there are two passages in the Bible that gives us a clue. Because keep in mind that not all things have been revealed to us. Is that not so? Deuteronomy 29 verse 29 tells us that some things are hidden from us. But it says in the same verse, the things that are necessary for us has been revealed. Now, Satan is a mystery. Okay? Not that he's a mystery as, as, as mysterious as God. But what I mean is that there are some things about him that we don't understand. Okay, but two passages in the Bible give us a glimpse, a glimpse of what happened, how he became Satan. This is one of them. Isaiah chapter 14 is one of them. The other one is in Ezekiel 28. Hallelujah. But in this passage, the description of the process of how Lucifer became Lucifer. He says, How are thou fallen, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are that cut down to the ground? Who did weaken the nations? Hallelujah. So that is a statement of judgment. For thou hast said in thy heart, thou hast said in thy heart. Now I want you to watch the things he's saying. Okay. The things he has said in his heart. Many people are not bold to stand before authority and impudently speak against authority. A lot of rebelling, rebelling, rebellious behavior is in the heart. Do you get it? Like, you are having a meeting of church workers. Do you get it? 
you are talking about something important. But as everybody is sitting there looking at your face, somebody is already deciding in their head, I'm not going to do it. Amen. But they are not going to say it. Few people would say one thing that can give you a clue. So what we are talking about, the, the way pride is, you know, often it is concealed. Often it is hidden. You wouldn't know somebody is proud. Hallelujah. So, see, looking at Satan and the description of his fall, because we are talking about humility, but we are looking at the far polar opposite so that we can know where not to start. Are you there? You have said in your heart, number one, I will ascend into heaven. I will ascend into heaven. Number two, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. These are his hidden motives or intentions or plans he's having. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Number three, I will sit also upon the mount of what? The congregation in the sight of the north. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. Okay, number four. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. Number five. I will be like the most high. I will be like the most high. So, here is someone. This is what somebody said. Are you my co-equal? Do you get it? You are a created being, and now you want to be God's co-equal. <laughs> Amen. What do you think will come into his head? What do you think will come to somebody's head to now st- start saying that I want I will be like the most high? What are some of the things that could have come into his head? Pride. So, but but, but in terms of the logical reasoning that went through his head, do you get it? I am like you. I am as good as you. I can do what you are doing. I am as good as you. So if I am as good as you, then why should you have certain privileges that I don't have? Amen. I mean, when I look at you from the head to the, <laughs> the toe, you are a man. You are just like me. Do you get it? Like somebody was telling somebody, you seem too important, but I, I, I can see that you are just like all of us because when you are wearing your pants, don't you put in one leg at a time? I mean, is there anybody here who can wear their pants besides one leg at a time? Like two go in at the same time. How, how would you be able to put your two legs in at the same time? You will have to be in the air. Is, is that, <laughs> but if you, even a skirt, even a skirt, even a skirt, right? You put, I mean, whether it's a male skirt or a female skirt, you have to put in one leg at a time. To do it both at the same time, you have to be in the air. And then somebody needs to be holding it for you. Amen. Is that not so? So now, based on that, based on the fact that you are telling your superior that you are just like me, both of us, we put our pants on one leg at a time. Therefore, you are my co-equal. <laughs> this is the mistake people make. And now Lucifer. See, this whole thing started with Lucifer. 
the, the thought that I, I mean, what was you see, what, you need to get this book The Fall of Lucifer, you need to get that book okay, The Fall of Lucifer by uh, Wendy Alec God revealed to her a, a picture in a vision, how this whole thing came down and Satan in heaven had a palace I mean, God is not so greedy as to say, you know, I am almighty God, and like certain African uh, uh, heads of state, that they will have a big mansion. Do you get it? With all the amenities. And then everybody else, you live in a hut. That's how a lot of African leadership is like. But you see that Bishop Doug, Bishop said, when you see something wrong, decide purposely to do the opposite. That is why you have big cathedrals of many, many, several cathedrals. It's not only one cathedral we have. Several. Hallelujah. But, but you see, that's how God operates. God said, okay, I have a throne. I have a place. I have a... Uh, and, 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 but that Lucifer in the, in the book, uh, what, what, what do you call it? The fall of Lucifer. He had a, a, a palace. He had servants. It wasn't like he was like... He, I mean, he was not bad at all when you read the account. Michael also had his place. But the whole thing is that when somebody begins to compare themselves with a senior person, nothing pleases them. No matter what you do, they will, they, they will look for something else. Amen. And so now, I will be like what? The most high. I will ascend above the highest of the clouds. One of the places that, um, um, so this is the judgment, you will be brought down to hell. But the, the, the one before, verse, verse 13, he said, I will exalt my throne above the size of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the size of the north. Now, if you read some, some I think Psalm 48, Maybe go back to Psalm 48 or maybe keep it here and then somebody get Psalm 48 for us. When you look at Psalm 48, you, you will see that that description, especially from the King James, that description is a place reserved for God. Look at it. Psalm, Psalm 48 is a song, a psalm of the sons of Korah. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in his holy mountain. Beautiful in elevation, the joy of the whole earth is what? Mount Zion on the sides of the north. So that, on the sides of the north, that clause, that phrase, is, is, is a, a description that was reserved to God. Amen. So when Satan tried to appropriate it to himself, it is like Adonijah going, sending somebody to go and speak to uh, Solomon's mother, Bathsheba. When Solomon became king, and Adonijah also wanted to be king, and he didn't know how to say it. Do you get it? What did he do? If you remember, I said it the other day. He sent Bathsheba to go and talk to uh, Solomon. The donkey that you've been riding on, Adonijah wants to take it for a ride. The donkey that is reserved for the king. If people see an Adonijah is sitting on it, what are they going to think? He is the king. Hallelujah. So you don't have to say, I want to dethrone you, but by what you are saying, what you are asking, so Satan is saying, I want to be on the south of the north, a place reserved for God. And how he got there is pride. He got there by beginning to think that he is as good as God. And then also he began to think that, he began to think that, you know, God doesn't deserve the special place that they give him in heaven. He doesn't deserve. But you see, when you read the fall of Lucifer, you will see that pride comes, God, the Bible says in um I believe, I believe in, the, in the Ezekiel passage, which we are not going to read for the sake of time, Ezekiel 28, he described that he was created in perfection. 
He said, you were perfect in your ways until iniquity was found in you. Hallelujah. So it means that if pride could enter his heart, it means that all of us, none of us is exempt. But you have to decide that man was me. Do you get it? In other words, what I'm saying is that pride is one of those things that you can have somebody who is in a good state and they are doing so well, but the pride sneaks in gradually because Michael and Gabriel tried to convince Lucifer not to fall, not to rebel. They tr- when you read the fall of Lucifer, you find out. They tried to convince him not to rebel because it didn't just come in one day. It was a gradual process. When he began, when, when Lucifer heard that God was creating man in his image, he said, in that Lucifer follows Lucifer account. That is the, the thing that really troubled uh, Lucifer. Because he said, he said that, you know, he began to campaign. He said, look, what, what, are we not enough for, for, for the father? Are we not enough for him? Yeah. He said, are we not enough for, for God? It's like, it's like we are here. I mean, we give you, I mean, I am the prince of, the, of all, uh, all these uh, angels and I lead worship. I mean, when I lead worship, I mean, the power and the smoke and the glory. I mean, is that not enough for you? Why do you have to create another race? It's like they are going to compete with me for importance. Do you get it? That's the same type of thing that sometimes somebody has a friend and their friend has, gets a new friend and then there's jealousy. <laughs> it's like it's like he's taking all my attention. Said, now today now you found this one so you don't you don't mind me. All this is rooted in pride because now you are feeling that you are feeling that you are more than enough for somebody. Look, if you husband and wife, we are never ever going to be enough for each other if you face the truth. We are never going to be enough for each other. No, 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 no. What brother Rasmus is not here. I used to use him as an example for somebody who is single who needs to learn. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, you are never. I mean, we see all these nice pictures we post and all that. It's nice, but the reality of the matter is that if you are looking to your husband, you are looking to your wife for full satisfaction. You will be, you are deceived. You will, you will not be happy the whole life. The sooner you accept, actually, the sooner your spouse accepts that you will not be fully enough for them, the, the better it is. So that you don't expect too much from somebody. <laughs> I mean, you should expect a lot, but not like the ultimate. You not, not, not like the person is like, because there's nobody, St. Augustine said that you created us for yourself, oh God. And there's a vacuum in us. There's an emptiness in us. And we, our souls are restless until we find our rest in you. Amen. Only God can fill the void in us. Look. Life is full of ups and downs. Sometimes you can have a, a high, an emotional high, and the next moment something happens. Amen. And so only God will be able to fill the void in us. And, and for Lucifer to say that he is enough for God is the, is the epitome of what? Foolishness and emptiness and pride. I mean, do you know somebody to know what they want? You don't know somebody. God is God. You have never been God. Amen. And to give God a prescription that I am Lucifer, all you want I, I am able to provide for you. So if you say you're going to create a man, that's a problem for me. Do you know that sometimes leaders take advice from people? Yeah, every leader, you know, the Bible says in a multitude of counsel, there is safety. So it's always good to get advice. Do you get it? And, and but then when you give advice to a leader, Never think that they have to take your advice. Rather, you should count yourself a privilege that you've been invited 
to give an advice. Because keep in mind, like my friend Desmond said, you know, the one I visited you with, he said, look, when you go to a meeting, you don't know what to say, you know what to do. Listen to everybody. Listen to this one. Listen to this one. Listen to this one. Listen to this one. And add it together. Between all that you have heard, you will find a solution. <laughs> Amen. And so, and so a person who is looking for advice, often they will hear here hear, and then take a bit here and take a bit there. But if God decides to create man and Satan finds that a problem, it's pride. To think that you are, I mean, this type of thing, you don't tell marriage in marriage counseling. You don't say it in marriage counseling because the man is supposed to see that the wife is enough for, her, for him. Do you get it? <laughs> are you listening to me? You, you don't say it in marriage. Young people are going to get married. I mean, that's the way you should say it, but you, should, you shouldn't. The, the wife too must also know that the husband is enough. But you see, we are humans. And so we just need to understand that, that we have limitations. And the, and the highest level of presumption is to assume this is what somebody wants. That's what Bishop Dark said. If you want to give a gift to a man of God, just give them money. Because you don't know what they want. You go and buy a green, uh, 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 what do you call green and blue colored socks. That he should wear. And then now you are upset that he's never worn it since you bought it for him. How can you be presumed to know the type of socks the man wants? <laughs> Some people don't even like socks, wearing socks. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So anytime you insist on a prescription you are giving to somebody, it's a big, it's a sign of pride. Do you get it? Are you there? Are you there with me, somebody? So we are talking about Lucifer and how he fell. And what we are saying is that these things sneak in gradually into our heart. You don't see it's coming. You see, the other day I was preaching the same message. And I was looking for a scripture. I was looking for, I read a scripture in, um, I believe, uh, Jeremiah. And then I, I remember when I was a teenager, another scripture that I, I memorized around the same time. And, 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 and I was telling them that other scripture is also in Jeremiah. Somebody said, no, it's in First Chronicle. I said, no, 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 no. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. It's, it's, it's in Jeremiah. I insisted we wasted about five minutes on that. And nobody could find it. I said, Google it. It's in Jeremiah. I know what I'm talking about. You see, that's the way pride sneaks in. Because you are the, the, what is the best example of how pride can sneak in? When you are preaching about pride. The best example is when the preacher is proud, thinking that he knows the verse, but he doesn't. So that, so that, 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 thing, that thing happened in the preaching as proof of exactly what I, the point I was making. So in the end, in the end, we couldn't find and somebody find in First Chronicles. And I mean, what, 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 today, tomorrow, when I say I go, I will, I will mention this point I'm making. That what happened last week is God let it happen so that you see how pride is. Because it's the person who say, who tells you, you know, among all of us here, I'm the most humble person. No. <laughs> that person is proud. He doesn't even know it. He doesn't even know it. <laughs> it sneaks in. So I was, I was adamant and insisting on it. And then it's, it's like one day I was teaching a group of young people when I was uh, in high school. I, 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 uh, my classmates, uh, two ladies, I was teaching them math. And I was so confident, sisters of fire, in what I was teaching. I said, Look, this thing is easy. I don't know why you guys are struggling with it. Then I said, Even if you are foolish. How many here understand tree? How many here don't understand tree? So let me say it in tree. So that I said, what Jimmy Crano? If you do it this way, it will work. Even, even if you are so foolish. And Badaishma, the way that I said 
where Jimmy cry no that way it worked when I worked the math it didn't work <laughs> and then and then and then and then and then and then you know you know how girls are they started kicking I said, well, what's going on? Then they said, well, Jimmy, I said, are you insulting me? Are you insulting me? I won't teach you math ever, ever again. You see? But that is how it is. Pride is a sneak-in type of sin. Hallelujah. Let's look at James chapter 4, and then we will close. James chapter 4. James chapter 4. Verse number 6. We are talking about seven reasons why you should humble yourself. And so far, we, we've, we've not even given one reason. I'm just going to give you a verse and one reason and then we will close. All that we've said is, is introduction. Introduction. James chapter 4 verse says, but he giveth more grace. God gives more grace. God, wherefore he said, God resisted the proud but gives grace unto the humble. Seven reasons why you should humble yourself. Reason number one, humble yourself because God resists proud people. Hallelujah. Humble yourself because God resists proud people. What we read about Lucifer was just to illustrate this point. That when Satan rose up and challenged God's authority and, tried and said, I will be like, I this, I that, I this, I that. Bishop Doug met a Jewish man in New York City. I think Bishop was trying to buy something for the church. And Bishop was trying to bargain. Trying to bargain and, and he said, I am going to use this for this. I'm going to use this for, for that. And the Jewish man said, my friend, don't say I. I is only reserved for God. Say we are going to do this. We are going to do that. He, the Bishop said to himself, the Jewish man in New York City said, I, 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 I. Is a title we should reserve for God. He alone can say, I will this, I will that, I will this. Don't say I, say we. Amen. And so, God resists the proud. So the first, there are prototypes and examples. And a wise person looks at what has happened to somebody. Doing When we look at what happened to Lucifer, it does not pay to be proud. Because the verse says that God will resist the proud. Look. My friend, life is hard enough on the earth. Life on earth is hard enough. Amen. Even when you have a good qualification, like my friend who had a good qualification, somebody told her that, look, the way your name is, change, you have to change your name, otherwise you won't get a job. You, 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 I mean, if it's not grace, somebody looks at the name. Like last two weeks or last month, somebody reported in a... Um, Bloomsburg newspaper, Bloomsburg magazine, how she had a name that cannot easily be pronounced, if you know what I'm talking about. One of the names that cannot be easily pronounced. And she, had, she was not getting jobs. She was not getting offers. And somebody said, look, the way your name is, it puts you too much in a certain class of people. So you need to use a neutral name. It's in a Bloomsburg magazine, published and worldwide. She said, I changed my name to Maya. <laughs> when she changed her name to Maya, the next day she got a call. This is how, this is how unfair the world is. Do you get it? 
This is how unjust and unfair the So if the world is already unfair and unjust and you're not going to be treated, you, what do you need? You need the grace of God. But if instead of grace, you hold yourself out as a proud person and God said what? He is resisting you. I can't say go pray about it because who are you going to pray to? If God is resisting you, it's a dangerous thing. It is the same as when it says that a man more treating his wife. People don't know. That's another sad thing. He said that, he said that be careful because otherwise your prayers will be hindered. It's a, it's a scripture. One day I will read it. So, so you see, one of the things you don't want, if you want an enemy, pick an easy enemy. Don't pick God as an enemy. When you make yourself proud, do you know what Satan means? Satan means one who is against or one who is resisting you. But in this verse, God is assuming the role. The one that is proud. God is assuming the role of your resistor. No, I mean, not your resistor, somebody else. I don't, I don't want to wish it for you. So decide that, look, we, we are going to, by the grace of God, dissect humility. But as we go along now, decide that any type of pride. Any, and one of the things about um, humility is that when you are wrong and you can admit it, you're on the road of humility. Like I'm admitting how I fumbled last Wednesday. Do you get it? <laughs> I'm on the road to humility. Somebody said, I know that. I said, no, I know what I'm talking about. I'm the preacher here. What are you talking about? <laughs> the moment you do that, the moment you do that, God removes his grace from you. It's okay. You go on. You go on. And the only thing that is reserved for a proud person is that you are about to have a big fall. But minus you and minus me. Put your hands together unto the Lord. Let us rise up. Let us thank God. Let us bring him an offering. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your mercy and for your grace. We commit our heart to you. We invite your spirit to smear us with the nature of Christ. May we become like him. May we use us for your glory. May you use us for your glory. And we present to you our offerings. We present to you our offerings. May you receive it as an act of worship. Let it bring honor to you through Jesus our Lord. Amen. If you need an envelope, lift up your hand and if you give you an envelope. Decided
to follow Jesus I have decided to follow Jesus no turning back no turning back the cross before me the world behind me the cross before me Cross before me, the world behind me. Oh, turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me. Oh. Cross for me, the world behind. No turning back. Will you join me sing the cross before me? Oh, the world behind me. The cross before you, the world behind. grace to have more than 200 members now. Be with us now and forevermore. Hallelujah. May God richly bless you abundantly. Amen.